This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. How are you doing today? As promised in our daily financial news, we have the one, the only, and yes, the legend, Jonathan Twomley on this morning. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really well. And Michael, I love your hair. Oh, thank you very much. I did it to have some fun. And uh, I'm actually having a bet with my students that uh, if we can do 500 deals in a year, I'll dye my hair purple. Uh, so I wanted to go just test it out. You know, I wanted to go see what, what this dyeing hair is all about. So I figure blondes have well, more fun. So, hey. Well, I, I want to see your purple hair. So yeah, I, me too. I hope your students, hope your students uh, you know, win that bet with you. There you go. We're already at 24 deals in two weeks. So uh, awesome. it's, it's uh, how to get started one rental at a time is working. It's, it's fun. But uh, what I want to talk to you about today, and I saved this conversation for you, right? Because I have se seven experts. I really pair up the topics. This one is for you because we're both conservative. We both, uh, we both kind of vibe on the economics data. But uh, Jamie Dimon came out, I think it was Monday, it might have been Sunday, and basically said, you know what? JP Morgan is going to stack cash to the tune of already $500 billion, and estimates are $50 billion a month on top of that. So he's not done and he expects inflation. And, you know, when you read that the first time, and if you're just reading the high level and you're not playing chess, like Jamie, you're, you're playing checkers. You're like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Because the logic holds, you need to repel cash if you expect inflation. But again, there, there are dominoes or chess moves. And I think Jamie Dimon is, is telling everybody he expects deals, fire sale prices, um, you know, kind of in different segments of the market. Am I reading that right? Or is, is Jamie just crazy getting cash when he expects inflation? I, well, I would say Jamie is very late to this party because, <laughs> because we have already been seeing for quite some time investors like Warren Buffett, yeah. um, like Sam Zell uh, and other people who are, have been stockpiling cash for some time. And not a one of them has come out and said, uh, oh, because I fear inflation, I'm going to go now take all this cash and put it in something fast because, oh my God, inflation. Yeah. And the, the thought process, I mean, I have not talked with Jamie this week. We missed our <laughs> weekly phone call. But um, so I don't know exactly what he's thinking, but here's my, my supposition. Right. My, my supposition is that he believes that the following kind of dominoes will happen. Yeah. that inflation will come, inflation will cause the Fed to raise rates, they'll be forced to raise rates. If they raise rates, asset prices will fall and there will be discounts to, have, to be had that will far exceed whatever they lost on their money in the period of time between now and then, assuming that there is inflation. And the idea is, I mean, listen, when people are, people are getting bent out of shape about 5% inflation, mm -hmm. you know, we actually had 5% inflation back in, I think, 2013 or something for one quarter. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't remember anybody saying anything about it. And, you know, but now 
inflation has become politicized and it's like yeah. you know, there's a lot of there's some people there there are a certain number of, there, there's like the inflation fears on one hand and there's the inflation the people who are actually hoping for inflation right because then it's going to validate their their Opinion. political position right. right so so they're kind of the ones who are like rooting for ruin because they'll be right <laughs> We have so a lot country, of that now. It's like, I want other people to suffer. <clears throat> That's right. That? Or even me, like, I'll, I want to suffer so I can be right, right? <laughs> and, wow. um, and so, but anyway, I mean, listen, like, dialing this back a little bit, let's just sort of walk. It's just math, right? Yeah, I actually, like, uh, one, one sec. I actually think there's another step because I think everything is, you said is correct, but I think there's also a step zero. I think Jamie realizes that there's been more pain incurred over the last 18 months uh, that really hasn't been realized yet. I think he thinks banks have been like kind of kicking the can or extend and pretend. So I actually think he thinks there's a lot of pain that need, that the, the, the bill will come due. And then yeah. he thinks inflation and then he thinks higher interest rate, which is going to compound all of that, right? Because if you're already behind and you have a, a variable interest rate reset coming, you're like, that's okay. Straw that broke my back. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And, and we just saw that in a, a retailer, right? hundred. I think Washington Heights, or I don't remember what it was, Washington Prime, Washington Prime just went BK, right? It's a mall provider that 100 stores. Went BK this week or Sunday, not last year, this year. So I think there's a lot more pain that Jamie sees. Other than that, I think you're dead on. Yeah, and I, I, I would agree with that too. I mean, I think there's, it's probably both of those things. I mean, yes. I, I, I myself have been looking at assets and seeing uh, recently a couple of uh, foreclosure sales Hitting, in multifamily, Crexy and stuff because there it's happening, right? I mean, there are people who really suffered during uh, COVID and they couldn't make it, and they've been foreclosed on. And um, so that's that's one part of it. I think people have were stockpiling cash. I mean, listen, people were stockpiling cash two years ago already, mm. looking at how high the markets had gotten, and you know the the Sam Zell, Warren Buffett. I mean, they were talking. 2017, 2018, 2019 about stockpiling cash before yeah. COVID ever hit. They're probably as surprised as anybody that COVID didn't create the buying opportunity that they were waiting for mm -hmm. um, because of all the cash that got pumped into this. <laughs> yeah, you know Warren Buffett was licking his chops because he wanted to do another deal with Goldman Sachs and all these oh, other yeah. players. I mean, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, the, you know, but, but listen, so if, if yeah. uh, but just back to the you know, so then we've got the sort of inflation fear, mm -hmm. quote unquote, layered on top of it. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think, you know, my view is that, A, it, I, I still really believe that the inflation is transitory. Like I, it, it's, it's suddenly the economy has become unleashed after yeah. 18 months of inactivity. Plus you've got all these supply chain issues that have happened, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of demand now that's going to cause inflation, but if the market still works, that means that all those, you know, companies are going to ramp up. They're mm -hmm. going to build more stuff, make more stuff. And then, you know, in six months time, I, I mean, this is not a prediction. I'm just saying we could, in six months time, we could be talking about a glut of inventories on the market for certain segments. Days, I agree. Right? Yeah. I think, I think history is, yeah. history is pretty, pretty common here, right? Manufacturers. I mean, I just did in my daily financial news, we talked about cars, both Ford and GM get this. Yeah. They both see higher higher inflation input costs, right? I think it was GM said $3 billion in input costs. But, oh, by the way, they expect to make more money. What does that mean? That means they have pricing power because of limited supply, right? right? Demand supply. Yeah. 
what are they going to do every time they just build more because they do that's what they do they're car manufacturers right. and, and eventually yeah. the demand will go away they'll have too many cars and be like oops yeah and then and then you see what you see periodically you know the, the car industry is always like this they're always they they you know they overreact in every direction mm -hmm. i mean it's, listen i mean it's not like I mean, it's hard. They're they're experts at trying to predict the market, and they get it wrong all the time. So exactly. it's, this is not easy. This is not easy to do. Mm -hmm. But they, you know, you see this a lot. Like if you guys start seeing those, you know, and you see this like usually at least once a year. But you get these like suddenly like zero down payment, zero percent, yep, you know, financing offers. You know, for the first year or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's because they've got too many cars on the lot. They've got to move them, right? Yeah. So, and. So this, this is going to happen too. And I think there's no reason to believe that we've entered some like phase shift where right. like not enough lumber is going to get produced from now on forever. Right. Right. right, right. Or like, you know, or, or whatever it is, auto parts or, you know, copper wire or whatever the hell it is that people are, you know, that it's now there are these supply chain blockages because mm -hmm. they haven't been making this stuff or as much of it for 18 months. You know, now they're going to go into overdrive producing this stuff and that, that causes price dislocations, mm -hmm. but we just know the law of supply and demand has not yet been repealed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It still works every time. You know? Yeah. I mean, there are some people who don't, you know, want to adhere to that law. Like yeah. they think that, you know, it doesn't apply to them. Yeah. You know, they're unique. Law of supply yeah. and demand. It sure. doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll, the standard response to this will be that they will produce too much of it. I mean, look at look look at PPE. PPE is a great example of this. Remember what happens when the when COVID broke out? Mm -hmm. Nobody could get any PPE, right? right. Masks and, then and what gloves happened and all was, that. Yep. I know like ten people easily who went into the PPE business when COVID started, mm. right? And now they're all out of business because yeah. because they weren't the only ten who went into it. There were like thousands and thousands and thousands of businesses that went into producing PPE mm -hmm. and oversupplied the market. Right? Yeah. Every, you know, I have a friend who, um, who helps uh, New York state promote its wine, beer and distilled uh, spirits industry. Right. Okay. That's, that's his job. And he told me last summer when I said, you know, what's going on with, with the wine industry, he said, well, all of the, all of the distilleries, have all converted into producing hand sanitizer. Oh wow. Right. So basically everybody was producing hand sanitizer. Remember, you couldn't get oh, hand yeah. sanitizer remember, for a yeah. while. Then all of a sudden it's like everywhere, right? This is the same thing that's going to happen with everything else. If the mm -hmm. demand is there, the manufacturers are going to make more of it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they'll make so much of it that they're going to have to cut prices because they made too much of it. And Agreed. that's just the way it works. So, but so not, let's, let's step back. This, yeah. Let's step back from this and go back to yeah, Jamie diamond raising cash. There. there you go. Yeah. So yeah. what is the okay, average investor, a, right? Okay. Let's go. I was yeah, going to say, go back to this, but anyway, so, so let's, so let's just say that, you know, like right now we we've, we've hit 5% inflation and mm -hmm. people are, losing their minds. Right? Yeah. Now let's just say it goes to 10% and people okay. really lose their minds, right? All right? What is going to happen when inflation hits 10%? Well, the Ooh. Fed is going to put the brakes on the economy by raising interest rates by a whole bunch all at once, right? Because that's the only way that they're going to be able to tame inflation. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen if they raise interest rates? Well, the first thing is that the stock market is going to, if not collapse, it's going to 
have a major correction. Yeah, right? it'll, yeah, the correction without question, yes. Right, and uh, in the property markets, what's going to happen? Well, if interest rates go up that high, it's going to cause the multifamily market to grind to a halt because yep. everybody is buying property at razor thin margins because debt is so cheap. Mm -hmm. But if, if interest rates go, you know, rise to eight to 10% to try to tame inflation, like suddenly the amount, you know, your, what's called your debt constant, which is the percentage of, of, of your debt payment, right? Versus your NOI, your net income, right? That's how the banks measure like your ability to repay, right? That is your debt constant is going to rise because the interest rate has gone up. Mm -hmm. That is going to, when they have to then say your NOI must be 1.25 times your debt service. If your debt service goes up by a quarter, by 25%, right? If that NOI doesn't go up by, you know, 1.25 X of that, you don't get the, you don't get the loan. So they're yep. going to cut your proceeds, right? And they're going to, so suddenly you're going to have to go in it. 60% leverage, 55% leverage, right? Yeah. And there are not a lot of people out there who can do that, right? Mm -hmm. right. So what's, what's going to happen? The price of that stuff is going to fall. And it won't affect you if you have long, you know, if you have long-term debt locked in and you don't have to refinance and you're cash flowing, it is not going to affect you at all. Mm -hmm. But it is going to affect two types of people. Uh, one is the people who have to refinance yep. for reason. No question. Now suddenly they're going to be in a world of pain because they're going to have to come up with a lot of cash to cover the deficit, right? And uh, especially if they haven't had much NOI growth or rent growth or what have you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, for your deep pocketed investors, this won't be a problem, but for your syndicators who are having to now go to like, you know, a hundred investors who each put in 50,000 bucks and say, you've got to- give me another 10,000 or we're going to lose this, right? Yeah. You know that not all those people are going to be having mm -hmm. the 10,000 plus, you know, the other, I mean, there's a lot of pieces of this chain of causation, but if interest rates rise that much, people's stock portfolios are going to tank. So there's going to be a lot of investors saying, I don't have I'm the money scared. or they're nervous. Yeah. I'm scared. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, dilute me. That's fine. Right. Cause I don't have the, I don't yeah. want to part with another $10,000 right now. So those people, those people will be, they'll be in big trouble on one hand yep. and looking to exit. And the other will be the people who have, who took the view that interest rates are going to be low forever. So therefore I'm going to take variable rate, oh. I'm take an adjustable rate mortgage because, yes. because I'm making a bet that interest rates are going to stay low. Mm -hmm. And for people like those, when their interest rates shoot to 10%, they're basically, if they're not in foreclosure, you know, outright, mm -hmm. they're going to be in cash management, which means, which means the bank's are just going to take over their bank accounts and uh, and basically you know take all their cash. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be it. So all those things will happen, and excuse me, as a result of those things happening, there will be bargains in the Absolutely. market. And here's the thing: this is, uh, this is taking a very long time to get here, but let's imagine there you have 10% inflation, right? And it takes a year for the Fed to tame it and you're sitting in cash, but the Fed tames it and it causes asset prices to drop by 25%. We've already been through in a previous episode oh, yeah. I've been there. About, about how quickly asset prices can drop with <coughs> just a little bit of little. change in the, in the cap rate, right? Yeah, remember. Now, so it is very, it is not uncommon at all for asset prices to drop 25%. In fact, typically in the property markets, 
when there is a correction, asset prices drop 30% from the previous peak. Yeah. So basically, two things can happen. If you put all your money, if you don't have some old back, right, because you're afraid of inflation, right, here's what's going to happen to you. You'll put that money in at the top of the market, mm-hmm. right? You will then lose 30% of the value of that, which may, may mean it might be unrealized if you don't have to sell, but it might be realized too, mm-hmm. right? Plus you miss out on now essentially a delta of 20%, right? You lost 10% to inflation, but you gain 20 more percent, you gain yeah. 30% on the, on the discount. <coughs> And you've now missed that opportunity because you have no cash. Yeah. That is what Jamie Dimon is thinking about. That is what Buffett is thinking about. That is what Sam Zell is thinking about. And there's a guy that many of you have never heard of before named Seth Klarman, who is probably even a better investor than Warren Buffett. And his strategy forever for three decades has been basically being <coughs> 30 to 50% cash all the time. Wow. All the time. He's always in cash, 30 to 50%. The reason is because you make more money on those huge wins, right? Mm-hmm. Than you do by the little dribbly dribbly kind of going up all the time and then having it losing Whack. it all when, when there's a crash, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing is when you buy at a big discount, you are building in such a margin of safety that you don't care about the crash. It doesn't exactly. affect you, right? So yeah. uh, that's, you know, that's how Seth Carmen has been uh, you know, so successful because he's in cash <laughs> all the time, right? Yeah. So these people who are like fearing a temporary bout of inflation or unrealistically thinking that we're going to have 10% inflation like forever, mm-hmm. right? Somehow that the, the Fed is not going to step in. I mean, we've been here before. You and I are old enough oh, yeah, to remember. remember 20% interest rates. I do. Right? The Fed will tame inflation if it has to, because mm-hmm. um, otherwise there'll be political chaos, right? Yeah, so exactly. um, yeah, it's not going to, so don't, don't be one of those. I'm not saying don't invest anything be all in cash. What I'm saying no. is you got to, you got to hedge. And so hedging means doing some investing, but also making sure that you've got that cash on the side, that dry powder to take advantage of these opportunities when they come. Yeah. So the, the last thing important. I'll, the last thing I'll say on this, cause I speak to lots of single family home investors and I've been very clear, right? We did a, I think we did a video last week, or maybe I did a live on this that I, I actually, I think we did, right. That multifamily pain is out there because of the, the debt structure right? The, the mm-hmm. interest rates can't be locked for 30 years. So in the single family space, if we used your analogy, if interest rates went to 10%, there'd be pain in single family without question. Uh, but again, if you're buying with the one rental at a time mindset, you won't be hurt, right? Because it cash flows the day you buy it. You have 30 yeah. year fixed rate debt, but still around you, the market will soften because what happens at 10% interest rate is affordability will get freaking crushed. Yeah. And, and I believe affordability in the single family housing market is the metric the North star for when the market is in trouble. And, you know, my market today is about 44 or 45 on a scale of one to a hundred, which means it's affordable, right? It's a problem at 20, mm. but if interest rates go up to 10% on the current median price, it will, it will freaking crash to 12 or 13. It will be a problem. Uh, so single family yeah. purchases will certainly slow down. Builders will have to slow down. There will be pain in single family, but if you're a landlord, and you have 30-year fixed rate debt and a cash flow day one, you can hold through the term. And oh, by the way, get to buy some more stuff. Yeah. I mean, you if you long-term debt is just really, really helpful, right? Yes. I mean, because it just and so if you're doing multifamily, you really want to take as long-term debt as you can get, which is which is typically 10, although you know, 
there you can sometimes get 12 and 15 percent mm-hmm. sorry 15 year debt um so if you can get it that's great yeah. because you just you, you reduce that that risk a lot and you have a lot of time yeah. to 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 pay down your debt and also to build rent growth you know that over time is going to increase that delta so when you have to refinance yeah. you've got plenty of of margin but the the real yeah. issue you know the real sort of scary thing in this inflation scenario is actually the uh, the value add. Oh God! Sort of the two to three year window where you've got basically, you know, a bridge loan. Yeah, I O that, period. You no, know, oh. with yeah, and it's a high interest bridge loan already. Yeah, and um, you know, and you've got to refinance that in a couple of years. Now I know oftentimes those have like a couple of years of extension built into them so you know you can try to time things a little bit better and maybe you'll be able to ride it out but you know it still just adds more risk and if you're going in in a situation where you know you're buying at a four and a half cap because you believe that you can invest this money and raise it to an eight cap mm-hmm. uh, and then you know if if inflation spikes and the fed you know basically creates the recession by raising interest rates you may not get those rents and you know, it just may not work out. So yeah, uh, just, you know, be careful, be careful. Yeah. Be careful. And, and don't, don't, don't believe that cash has cooties. Cash does not have cooties. I agree. Cash is an option on opportunity. That's what it is. Cash Cash is is an option on opportunity. I love that. Yeah, folks. So again, the big players have been stacking cash for a while. Jamie Dimon just came out publicly and, you know, kind of shook the world, right? Stacking cash and expects inflation, but it's because he's playing chess, not checkers. Uh, Jonathan, how can people be, uh, follow you and be a part of your world? Yeah, so if you want to uh, reach out to me, um, you can always uh, join my Facebook group, which is the Multifamily Investment Community. Uh, you can also go to my website, which is twobridgesmanagement.com. It's probably actually easier to search for Two Bridges Asset Management in Google than it is for me to read the URL to you. So just, <laughs> there so just, you go. Yeah, just... Uh, search for two bridges asset management and it'll show you how you can uh, get on my list folks. And again, we have a playlist below. I just spent some money cleaning up my descriptions. Jonathan and I have been talking for almost two years now, I believe. So there's hundreds of hours of material to, to listen to. So Jonathan, thank you very much. You're welcome.